0: Welcome to the Not Your Average My podcast, where four Hmong American women working to move our community forward one conversation at a time. will provide a raw, fun, and not-so-average perspectives on important everyday issues. So tune in every month with Liz, Mania, Monica, and Katie. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Not Your Average Mai. This is My Nia, and I have a very special guest with me today. His name is Tong Tao, my partner and really the IT guy behind our podcast.
1: <laughs> Hello, everyone.
0: He, he, we're super excited to have him. He's always wanted to be a part of our one of, in, in one of our episodes. So we're excited to have him. Uh, In honor of Domestic Violence Awareness Month, the other co-hosts and I are doing a mini-series where we are engaging our partners in the conversations about domestic violence and how we can end end gender-based violence. most oftentimes in the Hong community, women are leading the conversations about the need to address domestic violence, and you know we know how important it is to also get the perspectives of the men in our community. So uh, we know that they're part of the solutions, so and we're excited to have. Uh, well, I'm excited to have Tong here. So, do you want to share a little bit about yourself with with our audience?
1: Uh, well, I'm really happy to be here. I'm really excited, and I've had the chance to kind of listen to your podcast and. Yeah, kind of just excited <laughs> to be here.
0: Okay, um, so to start this off, I mean, you know, we know that October is Domestic Violence um, Awareness Month. Like, why do you think, first of all, why do you think it's important to to recognize and honor this month, um, especially for our Hmong community?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important for us uh, to remember, and reflect, but also... To continue to think about domestic violence and how it's affected our communities. Um, You know, especially the way we grew up and how traumatic it was. Uh, It's always good to have that time to really think about. I mean, there shouldn't be, you know, just a set month to talk about the issue. I mean, this is an issue that is like every day.
0: Hey, good job for taking my talking point. I did? So when you meant traumatic experiences growing up, can you say a little bit more about that? What do you mean?
1: We've seen our families and our uncles and our, you know, members in our community, people who raised us, we see domestic violence. And as kids, we, um, or as younger kids and adults, we really didn't know.
0: Let's use I statements. I'm just kidding.
1: Okay. Well, I mean, as a, as a adolescence or as a younger kid, you just didn't really know how to go about it. You kind of, you try to understand the issue from, you know, your role models in the community, but, you know, at that time, who are your role models? It's really your dad and your uncles who are, you know, mm-hmm. oftentimes the one who are committing domestic violence. And so, you know, you're not really sure exactly how um, how to stand up against it or, you know, what you can do about it.
0: So as a young Hmong man, in those situations, did you ever do anything to protect, you know, let's say the ones who were, were being abused?
1: Um... I always felt like I was the younger Mm
0: -hmm.
1: person in the group. I always kind of left it to my brothers and people who I felt like could have done something. Mm -hmm. Um, So in that sense, I didn't feel like I was able to do anything. Mm. But I think looking back now, I'm just reminded of the quote that, you know, you're the... You're the, I, I don't remember the quote exactly, but it's like it's like you're the cavalry that you've been waiting for, you know. Uh-huh. Like you're the the heroes that you've been waiting for, mm-hmm. uh, and for a time you're kind of just like waiting for someone to do something, and you just feel like you can do something about it.
0: So when did you feel like you actually had agency in these situations where you you were able to stand up or do something about it when you when you did see these situations?
1: I I think it took really well for for one, having independence, mm-hmm. like understanding that you can um have agency over your own life and doing things and I think when I started to realize that I had to do things for myself for my future I started to realize that I I have the power not to stand by uh, when bad things happen mm-hmm. and I remember people stole my shoes in my front porch <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious and like it triggered something in me I it triggered something in me because I always felt like there wasn't any as a kid there wasn't anyone to like to stand up for stand you. up for you and yeah. so I remember um, that experience and when our neighbors across the street their car was getting broken into i was like you know what like this is the moment i've been waiting for and i have to do something about it and i did so good that's kind of like a weird thing weird experience. i mean I'm,
0: I'm glad to hear i think that it takes time progression growth for somebody to be able to acknowledge and recognize you know these actions in the past and be able to um change your behaviors right so i appreciate you being vulnerable to us the audience um about you know your experience because to be honest talking about domestic violence can be very sensitive it's super comfortable like we know it happens among families we do but oftentimes we don't want to talk about it because it's like oh it's you know it's a couple issue, like, it's not my problem. I'm not in that relationship, right? So.
1: But I I would ask you the same thing about when you felt like you had agency to, you know, protect people when you witnessed domestic violence Mm -hmm. or when you see it in the community when you felt like you were able to do something about it. Mm
0: -hmm. Is that a question to me?
1: Yeah.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's such a good question. You know, I mean... Honestly, this topic is very, very close to home. Like I, this is why when I said, hey, you took my talking point about Domestic Violence Awareness Month being being every single day. Like that's how it is for me and my siblings, right? Because we've experienced this or witnessed it growing up so much. Um, and like that's the fir- first, that's like one of the first memories growing up.
1: But when did you feel like Oh, this is not normal. Like, this is not how it's supposed to be. Because for a lot of people, mm-hmm. you, we carry this on into our relationships with um, our partners. Or if we're in high school, we carry this on mm-hmm. to our high school relationships. And we kind of channel some of these things into I don't those know. relationships. I don't
0: think I can answer that question. Because I don't think there's like that one moment growing up where you were like, Oh, it, it's not okay. Like, you just know that somebody being hurt. Is not okay, right? I don't think that there was like a moment where like you matured and you just knew that this wasn't right. Like, you know in your heart that somebody being physically abused is not okay. But I think it takes time for your voice to develop to be able to stand up against that, right? I think in high school... When my older sisters went off to college, I feel like I had to be the oldest one in the house. And I had to protect my mom when those situations happened. Yeah, I don't know the answer to your question.
1: Oh, it's a hard question.
0: <laughs> so am I interviewing you or are you interviewing me? Um,
1: it's a conversation.
0: <laughs> um, okay, so I want to move on to... To kind of further this conversation, I want to move on to uh, a campaign, a social media campaign that you we were a part of about five years ago, with Building a Future, which is a global community campaign with the goal to end gender-based violence. So I thought that was really brave of you to be a part of this campaign when I asked you to um, to write a message to our audience, to social media, to the world, um, and you wrote. Let's be better than our fathers and teach our young men how to love their mothers, wives, and daughters. With a caption that said, Culture must change. When we know better, we must do better. Men are integral to the equation of ending domestic violence. Can you explain a little bit more about your thought process of writing this message?
1: Yes. Um, honestly, I wasn't aware of the campaign until you, because you, act- you were part of it, and then you had asked me to be part of it. mm mm-hmm. um, and i remember i think you wrote you wrote a message and i didn't really like it because <laughs> i felt like you know we really need to kind of push the the push the boundaries here a little bit like we got to make people we got to convict people we have to make people uncomfortable this is an mm-hmm. uncomfortable conversation but i think for so many people it just feels like another conversation mm-hmm. you know uh, and I think that poster that I did was really a challenge because Hmong men have to be part of the conversation. They mm-hmm. have to be part of the solution. And that I- I'm glad that it convicted people to share and to write and to comment. I appreciate all of the nice comments and all of the not-so-nice <laughs> not comments.
0: So, uh, <laughs> I mean, first of all, that, that post garners so many reshares and so many likes comments on facebook we had a lot of people who supported you and we had a lot of young men or mom men in general who were like who is this guy and he must have had daddy issues issues. (laughs) that was like a
1: trending topic like a trending hashtag in our internal i mean how did, how did you
0: feel about that type of response from the the young mom men in our community like why do you think that they were so resistant to this message
1: Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't know, really. I, it was funny, because I was laughing at some of those comments. They're like, (laughs) dude, this guy has daddy issues. Like, you need to go respect (laughs) your dad or something. And, you know, my relationship with my dad is actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, But, you know, I always tell my dad this all the time is that, you know, he's a, he's a person who's flawed. And I hope to be better than him as a dad. And I think that he respects that. And when I say that I want to be a better person than he ever was, I think that he, he appreciates that, you know, and, and he supports that. But I feel like also the message just wasn't about the Hmong community. Mm-hmm. I think domestic violence is an issue that transcends all community. Exactly. And that message not only resonated with our community, but also people of different ethnicity were sharing that too. And I think that's an important narrative, too, because so often we have young men who enter relationships and um, are perpetrator of domestic violence, and they kind of continue this cycle. Um, I don't, I'm not sure exactly why some you know, young Hmong men took offense to it, but I'm I'm glad that it kind of made them uncomfortable. and. Uh, It got them talking about the topic. Do
0: you feel like they were so offended by this because they didn't feel like it was reflective of their families or our community? Or do you think that they don't think that domestic violence is even an issue in the first place?
1: I think it was really about respect. Mm. Some people felt like the message was disrespectful to their dad. To the
0: elders, yeah.
1: Yeah, to the elders. You had Hmong women in the thread talking about how wonderful their dad was. And I said nothing about how wonderful dads were. I think there are some really amazing dads out there. But, you know, some people feel like they were disrespected a little bit. And I'm okay with that. Mm -hmm.
0: I think that oftentimes our community has been generalized to be um, a certain type of way where there's a single narrative, right? Like gangs, poverty, um, all of these negative things so sometimes like you do take offense to what people are saying about your community which i get but we also have to acknowledge that domestic violence is a very real issue within our community and mom women are freaking dying at the hands of the men in our community and that's you know that's a real issue um so this photo was taken five years ago do you think that people in our community are ready to take action or do you feel like we're still in that stage where we need to continue to spread public awareness of this issue within our community
1: i think the hardest part about our community is that a lot of times people kind of wave it off and say you know that's a very personal issue Mm -hmm. and i'm not going to get involved with that that's between that family and I'm not going to get into their business, um, and so already we have these cultural norms where we are not trying to talk about the issue. So mm-hmm. I think talking about the issue is already a big step for a lot of people, mm-hmm. and building awareness is a lot of um, is a big step for people. And I think it's the right direction. But w- what's beyond building awareness, and I I feel like people are aware of domestic violence um, I think it's a matter of how much they feel empowered mm-hmm. or how they can be a solution to that
0: well I guess the question that I'm trying trying to really get to is like how do we keep our men accountable to not being perpetrators to not continue the cycle of domestic violence to end it where they are like how do we keep our men c- accountable
1: I think it takes Going back to what you said earlier and being able to stand up to our fathers and our uncles and community members who are, you know, perpetrating domestic violence, I think that takes tremendous courage. That takes, um, there's a lot of risk involved in that. You risk your relationships with people, you risk your relationships with your cousins and, Um, all the father figures in your community, uh, especially when you're trying to call them out for domestic violence Mm -hmm. and not a lot of people will be willing to do that Mm -hmm. and I think that will have to be part of what we have to do is, you know, how can we support other each other when we're being brave how can we support the men who are calling out, Mm -hmm. you know, other men in our community and um, create an environment where we can hold each other accountable. Um, Personally, I've, you know, I I make small commitments, like not to perpetuate certain conversations, right? Mm -hmm. To not talk about certain issues um, or not issues. Wait, what do you mean? so like to not join in and joke about
0: okay yep
1: joke about like international marriages Mm -hmm. things like that Mm -hmm. for me i don't want to be someone who is like jokingly talking about those Mm -hmm. things because those things are real issues that affect families in Mm -hmm. our community
0: so um, just for some of our viewers, you know, when we talk about international marriages, it's when, you know, like an older Hong guy goes to Laos or Thailand or Southeast Asia to talk to somebody who is, you know, twice as young as they are, to marry them, to marry them as second, third, fourth wives, right? So it's a real issue that we can dive into at, um, in a later episode, but just good yeah. to bring that up.
1: I just feel like more and more, Those circumstances are in the minority in our community, Mm -hmm. but they still happen. And we have to be able to stand up to those um, situations and be able to talk candidly about what's wrong and what's right in those situations.
0: So this is um, one of our last questions that all of our co-hosts are asking their partners. And it is, you know, when we talk about domestic violence we oftentimes talk about like what happens after after it right but prevention is also important like how do we prevent men from being perpetrators how do we prevent people from abusing their partners and uh this is a an important conversation for young folks to have as well so you know based on your experiences what does a healthy relationship look like and what would you like to share with um with our community about that, because I don't think we're t- we're taught what healthy relationships are.
1: Yeah, like we're my fa-
0: like my family yells a lot. <laughs> that's not healthy. But
1: <laughs> my family doesn't yell. I
0: know your family doesn't. My family <laughs> does, and I think that's my normal voice when it's not.
1: <laughs> my thing is, I-, I think it really takes seeing what a healthy relationship can be. Mm-hmm. I mean it's hard because How we see relationships Is always kind of through the lenses Of our parents mm-hmm. And so sometimes we see what's right and wrong Through those lenses Um, And it kind of sucks Because you know how young love is Like you're so blinded What's
0: young love I don't know
1: Young love. <laughs> you know what young love is I
0: don't know what you're talking about
1: Young love you know what that is
0: <laughs> No I don't <laughs> Don't no, try to remind me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know what that is? It's you know you don't really know what's wrong, what's right. Honestly, you're just
0: so so how how did you learn then for yourself? Like how did you learn what a healthy healthy relationship was aside from this young love that you're talking about?
1: <laughs> I don't know how did you learn? <laughs> Maybe I should ask you.
0: Okay, fine. I'll give an example. So, I wouldn't be vulnerable here. I want to share a story about us. I forgot what we were talking about one time or arguing one time. But I remember I said something really, really, really mean to you. And you were like, I don't know what type of relationship you were in in your past, but that's not how my family talks, and that's not how I want my relationship to be. And I think that was, (laughs) I was telling my sisters this, I was just like, I think that was like a reminder that damn, like some habits that I carried from what I saw in my family or what I had in my past relationship was not healthy at all, right? But I think that you just pointing that out like hey that's not something that my family says at all or that's not how we talk to each other i think it's important to have these conversations but then for me like to be open to changing that behavior and and wanting um wanting to support you as a partner right and you know i sometimes i feel like for people who or perpetrators or abusers or whatever you want to call them. Like there's so much of that ego and that patriarchal value where you're like, you can't say that to me. I'm not going to change. Like whatever yeah. you say, I'm, you know, I'm quote unquote the man of the household or whatever. Like I'm going to do whatever, whatever I want. But, yeah. but you know, again, I think that for these relationships, for healthy relationships, like it takes hard conversation. Like it, you know, it's hard work and these conversations need to happen. Yeah. So that's my example. Wow. That's not young love. <laughs> that's mature love.
1: <laughs> but I think that that's what a healthy relationship is. You need a lot of maturity. Mm-hmm. And if you don't have the maturity yet, then maybe maybe you got to take some time. Because you really <laughs> got to think about what kind of partner you want to be. True. What kind of person you want to be in your relationship. Mm-hmm. And... Honestly, I don't think any of us had the chance to really think about those things growing up. But, you know, like you see your relationship, you're like, wow, that's not the kind of person I want to be to my partner. And Mm -hmm. you have to be open to that and obviously open to feedback and (laughs) criticism.
0: Feedback. And. okay, not criticism, constructive criticism.
1: Constructive criticism.
0: Sometimes unsolicited feedback
1: (laughs) (laughs) sometimes
0: alright so thank you everyone for joining us in our mini series Um, stay tuned for more from our other co-hosts and for one summary at the end of this month we'll be reflecting on these conversations that we've had with our partners and engage you all and really what we can do to end gender-based violence within the mock community so thank you so much bye thanks everyone Bye,
1: bye